and welcome to GPS to God. We're glad you're here and found your way back for episode number two. You can find us on YouTube at Parkway Baptist Goodlettsville. Make sure you like and subscribe and all that cool guy stuff. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're in all the hip places. Uh, you can also email us at podcast at parkwaybc.net. Let us know how great we're doing. You can talk bad to Ryan because he doesn't watch movies that everyone should see. I oh, know. Guilty as charged. And I, I think we're going to start with that, actually. Oh, is that right? th- this is test Ryan's movie knowledge right oh, here. Oh, boy. I've been thinking about this for a week. Ooh. This is going to be bad. So I have just four movies off the top of my head. Number one, are they Disney? No. I don't know them. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched any movies in probably last four years. Well, these these are more than four years old. Okay. I might have a, hope, a little and, bit of hope then. If not, you're going to have homework. Okay. I, I can do that. I'll get my phone out so I can text these. In. Oh, I'll text them to you. Okay. Well, you, then never yeah. mind. Just kidding. Shawshank Redemption. Nope. You have not oh, seen what? what? Never seen it before. Oh boy! But, well, let, let, oh, let's go back bump, a little bump. bit. Just, just, just stop the rest of the. <laughs> before there's no we get too going deep. on. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Don't I, give me that look. I digress. I should have introduced our guest first before <laughs> yeah. we started talking. <laughs> little rude over there. Little rude. <laughs> no, no, it's rude that you've never seen Shawshank. <laughs> Okay, it's on my list for this week. I'll watch to, it. No, no, tonight. No, tonight. Yeah, it's on your list tonight. for tonight. If Lily lets me, I will. It, it no. might be a. She does not need to watch it. No, Lily needs to go no. to bed. No. Right. She does. She does. So let's introduce wow. our guest first. I'm sorry about that. But <laughs> we have first time ever a wonderful lady on the show. Thank or you. Any lady for that matter. <laughs> the first time ever a married couple. First time ever. Five people in the in the studio here. A lot of firsts. No pressure. Today. Yeah, it's only epi- it's only episode two. <laughs> no so you know. There are bound to be a lot of firsts. That's right. So we have David Kuffman and his lovely wife Jennifer, and we are glad you all are here, and thank you for coming. And now we can continue the roast of Ryan. <laughs> yes. That, that we get all the particulars out of the way. All so right. Shawshank or Morgan Freeman, man, come on. Well, I know, who's that? We're about to kick you out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I know who that is. It's a great movie, and it's on TV all the time. It is. Yeah. I have it no is. cable. Yeah. I have zero cable. Okay, you have the internet. That's Everything's fine. on YouTube. Yep, but I'll I'll watch it on YouTube. Yeah, I yeah. might have the DVD. You have a DVD player? What's yeah, well, yeah. Of course I do. I mean, those aren't really standard anymore. You know, they're kind of old people stuff now. Is it a Blu-ray? Because I don't have Blu-ray. No. I mean, Blu-ray plays non. Can you like right? let me borrow a DVD player then? Does Blu-ray not play everything? Yeah, it won't, it won't play. I thought it then. did. Yeah. yeah, I'm just, I'm just how? joking with you. Oh. How old are you? How old am I? Yeah. How old? Do, how old do you think I am? Thirty. Close. Young. Thirty. Thirty-one. Oh, okay. So you're above thirty. Thirty-two in July. You never seen Shawshank? No. David's, I've heard of that movie David, plenty still, of times. David, but that's now, still no excuse. Have you seen Star Wars? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've seen the whole series, yeah. Just checking. Are, are you a Star Wars fan or uh, like Lord of the Rings? So I've seen both of them, but I'm more of a Star Wars fan, I think. Yeah. I've never seen... Lord of the Rings is just too long. I've, I've never I can't seen sit there for movie two and a half yeah. hours to watch <laughs> one movie. I agree. I couldn't get into that. Yeah. But nowadays, Avengers movies and all that kind of stuff are just as long. Mm. And I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> Goodwill Hunting. No. 
I have not seen that one either. Well, I mean, for for a, for a lady, yeah. it's a little more excusable. It's kind of a guy movie. It it does have a love love story in it. it yeah, but you should be ashamed of yourself. I apparently slack in the movie department. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Right. This, now we know. This one, right. I mean, Goodwill Hunting was mainstream, but this is a little more mainstream. Okay, I'm having a little bit of a, of a brain. You know, Robin mm-hmm. Williams is in that, right? Yes. Correct. Okay. Probably one of Robin Williams' best acting. Really? Oh, yeah. He's it's a known, dramatic. He, he's known as a comedian. Right. And known as, and been in movies with being funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this kills... Yeah. The part that he plays in it, so won yeah. lots gotcha. of awards. Yes, it's lots a dramatic role for yeah. Robin Williams. It is. Oh man, okay. it was. It's awesome. got Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. Their breakthrough. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, okay, yeah, good stuff. You should feel. I'm actually a little excited about the movie. I have something to do this yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got some good ones, don't you? I mean, Gladiator. Oh. If I no, I I, I can't even think of it. So R- no. Russell Crowe. Well, I know it's Russell Crowe. He's an actual gladiator. Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. That is. I'm speaking. So gotta let y'all have your man moment here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to be the star in a second. So last one. This, this is kind of an easy one, I think. Going over almost like Monday. But <laughs> since you're since you're a young gun, this might be before your time. But it's also on TV a lot. The Goonies. I have seen that. Hey. Good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There you yeah. go. I have so seen that. Way to close it. One, yeah. one for four. Mm. Yeah. So but yeah. it's been like forever. Ever so have you, an average. It's been okay. like, you, like over ten years. That's You've okay. got to do the so I need to watch shuffle. it again, probably. <laughs> You've got to do the truffle shuffle for your uh, uh, <laughs> since you haven't seen three out of the four movies. So. <laughs> but all right, well, now that we've sufficiently roasted Brian, we're going to get into a little talk about anxiety. Um, what you given me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. he was I have some. <laughs> we have some uh, <laughs> some some bullet points you could use in life. Okay, I need them now. That would help you. Since, since we attacked him straight, he had yeah. no idea that was coming. Not. Right. Yeah. But uh, what were oh, last week we talked about the Blues Brothers. So he had seen not seen the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. That one was not quite so mainstream, but we were still a little shocked. He really yes. had no clue what we were talking about. So. I, I tried to give you a little path to redemption here, but you he's failed. young. Are you a millennial? I guess I would be. What's, mm. what's the age? What's the, what's the age after? category for what's that? The cutoff? What's the cutoff? I don't, what's I don't know. See, I was born eighty nine. So I bet you are. You seem like a millennial. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Which one is that, Jennifer? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I don't. I do think you probably are in that category, though. I think you are the age of the millennials. I feel like you redeem the millennial name, though. You, you yeah. can probably back away. You're a stand-up guy. Back 81 to 96. Okay. 96. 81, ni- born between 81 wow. and 96. Wow. What's after that? That seems weird. I don't know. After millennial? Uh, Is that Gen, Gen Z? Gen, or Gen X. Z? Gen Z or X, I think. No, I think X is before millennials. Huh? So, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now that we got that out of the way. Right. Yeah. So, we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety um, with, with Dave and Jennifer. And, and uh, they're gracious enough to kind of share their personal story a little bit and some of the things that they've struggled with and worked through and, and overcome. So, Dave, I guess we'll start with you mm-hmm. and just let you talk about, you know, kind of how you came to realize and and maybe going back to the story we talked about earlier of you being at work and, you know, making some choices there. Yeah. Well, uh, 
like we talked uh, uh, last week a little bit about this, um, you know, to back up just a little bit is like I up until that point in my life, a few years ago, I probably had some anxiety, but never recognized it as anxiety. Just kind of dealt with it, and was a it was a easy I guess was an easy something to deal with. That's proper English pattern there. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I had, there was some stuff that happened. Uh, it was a work thing, not a big deal, uh, but was a big deal. And all of a sudden, there was a, a feeling that came over me that I could not shake. I could not get rid of. And didn't know what to do and thankfully jennifer recognized it as something i don't know what she it may possibly what she had already recognized what it was i don't remember in those those first few days of this and immediately started putting things in my life versus talking to me we started uh reading something called put uh, putting an X through anxiety. It's a Louis Giglio little mini book. You can go on uh, probably Amazon and buy this. And uh, we we started reading through this. But even even after meeting with my superiors, my lead people person, and kind of getting the forgiveness. Hey, I'm sorry about this. This happened. You know, usually sometimes when you go through that and you have the confession or whatever, you you uh, repent. Uh, and once you do that, you know, you kind of feel the release of, okay, it's going to be okay. Right. That mm-hmm. didn't happen. And mm-hmm. it was constant every day, all night, witching hour, 2.30 in the morning, waking up, crying, like a baby. So it's bad. So can you kind of elaborate maybe on the type of feeling? Is it like butterflies in your stomach or tightness in chest or? or I feel like I'm going to throw up all the time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, yes, yes, yes. So, I, so I'm asking that, that for people who may be listening who yeah. are having a similar feeling and don't even realize don't, it. Don't yeah. realize yeah. it. Yeah. Right, yeah. Maybe. yeah. Or, or may pass it I will off tell as something you, else. I will tell you this, you know, in Fano – me and Fano have known each other for a long, long time, played in basketball games together, softball, you know, and just been in high competition. Fano's been at higher competition levels in basketball than I've ever even thought of. But you see those guys right before they go and compete and they go and, and you know, we're just going to call it what it is, and, they, and you know, they throw up. Mm. And, you know, and usually after they do that, they feel better. Mm-hmm. Well, right. I think only maybe twice. I remember once in the middle of this, I threw up. Yeah. And it was from that. It was from this. And the feeling I had, I wouldn't call it. I mean, it was all over my body. I will say this. I, I, don't, I don't have armpit sweat. Never really have, unless I do work out. real personal now. Yeah. We're getting <laughs> per- Dude, I was sweating all the time. I was sweating through my shirts. I lost 20 pounds. I was still eating, but not properly. You know, I would sit down. I would be hungry, 
I would sit down to eat. Yeah. And I would eat about four or five bites and appetite would be gone. And this was like wow. a good three and a half weeks every day. But the only time I felt good was when I would worship. That would be the only time I would, that feeling I had would go away. Mm. For that three and a half, four minute song that I'm listening to, I finally had some relief. But as soon as that song was over, it came back. And like I said, and this was a good three and a half weeks. And, you know, Jennifer, one of the first verses, and she put this on my, and it's still on my mirror today when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. I don't read it every day. I, I see it every day, but I don't read it every day. And it's about once every other week I'll, I'll see it and I'll read it word for word. And it was uh, the verse that's on the mirror there. And she has some other verses there, but this is the one that stands out the most. It's Second Chronicles 2017. So, Jennifer, while he's looking that up, you two were married when this happened? Yes. And did, did you notice a visible change in him? Or, or Oh, absolutely. He has always been like a very together kind of person. Like he's just always kind of had it together, act together, even if maybe on the inside he doesn't. I don't know. He just always kind of gives that uh, appearance of like having it together, cool, calm, collected. And like that man was gone. And he was he was someone that I um I recognized him. I mean, he was still my husband, but just the vulnerability that I saw in him because he just was so broken. Like he was so very broken. And um, he would, in the morning, you know, our alarm went off and it was time for us to get ready and go to work. And like he's laying in bed crying. He's like, I I don't want to go. I can't go. I don't want to go. And we got to this place where I was literally his help me because I was saying, you have to go. I know you don't want to go, but you have to go. Like you have to face this. You can't run from it. Cause that's one thing that we've learned about anxiety is you can try to avoid it all you want, mm-hmm. but it's not going to go away. The yeah. only way to get through it is to go through it, like mm-hmm. to meet it head on. And so, and he would call me from work crying say i just (laughs) i want to come home i gotta come home i can't do this i can't do this and so we would just go through again Mm -hmm. yes you can do this put an earbud in put your worship music Mm -hmm. on you you have to do this Mm -hmm. you have to do this but yeah i mean it was just um it was amazing the change that i saw in him um and like he said, all from just one thing that really wasn't like when you look in the eternal scheme of things, it wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But something about that situation, that choice he made, like something just mm-hmm. it's like flipped inside of him. And it really, really rocked our worlds. Mm-hmm. I was going to say his world, but I mean, no, like was... we are one. It rocked our worlds yeah. for a while. Do you remember like anything like prior to that? Like when you were younger or anything like that, that would have, that's like the first time that you. I mean, if I did, Mm -hmm. I didn't recognize it as anxiety because it was the feeling I had in my, inside my body. I mean, from my top of my head to the tips of my fingers, to the tips of my toes, like she said, I would just call, I would be having, you know, 
you know, a pretty good work day, mm-hmm. like focused, getting it done, you know, going way, way. And, I, you know, I go way and above and beyond. But I was going, like, just to not recognize this feeling I'm having in my body. Mm. And then when I would break for lunch or ha- just take a little five-minute breather, mm-hmm. you know, I would just break down. I had to go in my office, shut my door. I'd call her. I've been kind of broken in life. Like, we've all been kind of broken, right? Right. Mm-hmm. right. But we've kind of figured it out. Yeah. You know, and we've said a little prayer, and we've and we'd said, thank you, help me get out of this, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And we pretty much came out of it, right? Mm-hmm. I could. I mean, I couldn't. I was saying those little prayers, if you will, and God was not answering. I wasn't mad at that. I was like, I wouldn't even, and I think I remember saying this to Jennifer. I don't know if she remembers this or not, but I was never really mad at God for anything. I was just, why can't I kick this? I was like, I would be just shaking my hands. I could not kick this. Confused, maybe. Very. Yeah. Like, I even went to Matt. I, uh, went to our new pastor, Matt, and told him detail to detail everything that happened. And he asked me the, all the questions that he should ask. I mean, he's my friend, but he's also my pastor. He asked me, "Did you conf- did, have you told him everything? Have you told them everything? You've confessed to everything. I'm like, yeah. Have you asked for forgiveness? I'm like, yeah. You know, he went down all the things you're supposed to do to, you know, to redeem yourself, if you will. I did all that multiple times, and I still had this whatever was inside of me I could not kick. Right. But anyway, Second Chronicles <laughs> twenty seventeen. You won't fight this battle. Instead, take your position, stand still, and see the victory of the Lord for you, Judah and Jerusalem. Don't be afraid or terrified. Tomorrow, go out and face them. The Lord is with you. And I read this. This is like even after, let's say, when I when I came out of this field, even after I read this every day, every morning. amongst And there were some uh, two other passages, uh, full chapters, that I would read every morning when I was getting ready to go to work. I would read these. Right. And, you know, and it was just, it became my routine. And... As time went on, as time went on, I felt after about two weeks, I started feeling a release. So, but before you get to that, let, okay. let's go to Jennifer. So let's um, let's talk a little bit about your anxiety and how it started for mm-hmm. you, how you noticed it, some of the same symptoms you had, or some of these symptoms you had, and then we'll get into the getting over that for for both of you. So. Okay. Um, so my, uh, journey through anxiety was a little bit different. Um, I, like David, realized I had some anxious moments all through life, but I never could have put the name anxiety to it. Um, but mine started and I'm sorry, you're all boys, but this is a very girl thing that I have to tell you about. Um, mine started after... I had to have a hysterectomy. Right. And and so, I mean, that's big because I don't think as, as guys, we don't really um, understand the emotional attachment mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that has or a miscarriage. 
or something. I mean, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, for for it's different the way we process that, the way we feel about it. It's just totally different. And uh, you know, I didn't understand that until I was a little older. After my wife Christy and I had gone through a couple things like that, and you know, for me, it's, you should be over. It's it's done. It's gone. But yeah. It, it, yeah. it's an emotional thing. It so. is very much so for us. I will say that when these things happened and the surgery happened uh, with her, watching, seeing how important, even though some things have taken place to where we weren't going to have kids anymore, but seeing how important being a mother and a possible chance of being a mother again was important to her. And so I would, like we said, we will never understand that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But until, and I, I understand it a little bit. Right. But yeah. not fully. But anyway. Yeah, mm. yeah look, I'm going to start crying. Just well, that, that's yeah. okay. It's all the emotions. Right. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, I had some physical reasons that I needed to have a hysterectomy, but I did not want one. And um, while lots of women were celebrating it, it'll be the best thing you ever did, I was grieving the fact that I was going to lose my fertility. And like he said, I mean, we had already agreed and taken steps to not have more children, but it just, it's, it's hard. I mean, like just as a woman, when you feel like God just made you to do that. And I felt like I was doing it pretty well too. Like, (laughs) it's like, I'm good at growing babies. I liked being pregnant. And then I have these healthy children and, you know, um, so God made it clear that that's what I needed to do for for my health and for the health of my family um, so that I could be the wife and mother to the people who he had already given me. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely um, something that I was not wanting to do. And after the fact, um, that's when everything just kind of uh, changed for me. And I started dealing with major anxiety and um, even some depression. I had some days where I just could hardly get out of bed. I'm thankful that I had a little one at home. That was the only thing that got me to get up and make sure that, you know, they were fed and clothed and all of those things. What kind of time frame is this from when you started with you with your issue at work and your hysterectomy? How how far apart were these two incidents? Mine was um my surgery was May 2018. So I could not even remember when yours 2017. Okay. okay. So yeah. pretty so pretty close. Summer yeah. Yeah. summer summer of 2017. Yeah. About a year apart or okay. so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um so yeah, obviously um like anxiety and and what it looks like and those things I was already very familiar with because we had gone through this journey with David, but my experience with it was very different because mine was triggered um, I think it was twofold. I think it was the emotions of of losing my fertility and um, also the hormonal effects right. of having that kind of surgery. Mm-hmm. And so it hit me hard and fast. And um, for me, um, the anxiety at that time was um, just this feeling almost of... Um, being like unsafe, like something, this feeling of like doom or dread over me. And, um, 
And sometimes, like, I would feel like I was like him, having an okay day. Things were pretty good. And then it would just kind of wash over me. And, you know, like, I would feel like my heart was racing. And I wasn't shaking, but I would just feel shaky. You know, almost like if you've had way too much caffeine. And it's just like pumping through your body, but I don't drink caffeine. I drink water and that's it. And so it was just, you know, this feeling of like something in me that needed to be out, but it was like, there was nothing I could do to control it. And, um, like I said, sometimes, um, there was like the clear trigger there. You know, if I am, if I am crying that I'm never going to be able to have a baby again, it's obvious to me that that is like a trigger for me. But if I am not thinking about that at all and that wave washes over me, then I'm just really confused. Like, where is this coming from? Why is it here? Mm -hmm. Um, So there's definitely like a a mystery component, I feel like sometimes to anxiety, Uh, like no rhyme or reason sometimes for those of us who just have to deal with it long-term. So Dave, going back to you, you you started to talk about you know a couple of weeks go by you start to feel a little, little bit better and um how did you start to deal with that and learn um how, how to get over that or how to live with it or cope with it well that was the thing was is that and i remember jennifer telling me you're not going to feel like this all the time to me i i saw no end mm-hmm. i didn't mm-hmm. see a light but she could see, she could tell, I, I say she could tell, she kept telling me there was a light. When it was your anxiety. Yeah. I could see that there was a light. Which yeah. his, his came first. Yes. Yeah. I remember the day I had an, one more meeting with uh, my lead guy. And we went over some things. And I, I remember, I don't remember everything about the meeting. It was a short, quick meeting. And I remember... He looked at me, and I'm not going to say this person's name, but this is w- one of my friends. You know, this was this was a friend. So and that was part of it, too, is I betrayed a friend. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I say I betrayed. It wasn't really. I lied to a friend, if you will. Uh, that had s- a lot to do with it as well. But uh, back to we had this final little meeting and I remember he looked at my eyes and he says it's okay but don't let this happen again in that moment mm-hmm. I remember walking out of his office and walking to my truck and I believe I called you that day as I'm walking and I said I'm okay wow just that quick <laughs> You did. I remember. I remember you. And it was like the feeling I had, even going into that meeting, it wasn't as bad as it was three weeks ago, but it was there. Right. And it was getting me. I wasn't defeated like I was three weeks ago, but it was still getting me. And I remember it. I mean, it was like, I don't know when your arm wakes up, but it wakes up real <laughs> fast. Yeah. You know, you've been laying on it. it I remember it. Lee, that this feeling of whatever it was in my body uh, leaving me as I'm walking from his office to my truck. And I called her halfway there and said, I'm okay. And it was, and it, 
you know, and I'm not going to say from that moment on, I was like, woo. <laughs> yeah. But there was times, and as a, I mean, we're going on four years now when that was. And as time goes on, I have less of those feelings. Some, and, and, you know, it comes back. Right. It's still there. So, so I have a question. I yeah. mean, knowing you, we're, we are all athletes or want to be athletes at this table or we're, we're athletes at one point when when he said don't let it happen again was that kind of a challenge to you you know how you know athletes mm. you might be in a slump or just kind of going through the motions of whatever right. game and somebody says something yeah a player or a coach oh yeah and then it's yeah. a, then it becomes a challenge and you know it kind of wakes you up all of a yeah. sudden it is did that happen or what do you think flip that switch of I'm going to be okay. Was it you finally realized God answered your prayer or was it that yeah, competitive shoulders or something like that? that? The weight off yeah. your shoulder, that competitive yeah. switch of, okay, well now it's a challenge. I don't know if I took it as a challenge. I knew going into whenever, I guess we go into the confession process of everything, asking for forgiveness and my, and I've already, I've already told myself this is not going to happen again. And so when he told me that, you know, and I looked, I looked him back. I said, "You don't have to worry about that anymore," you know. And so uh, I don't know. It was not. I didn't look at it as a challenge. It was more of it's, it, it's not going to happen again. I can't let that happen again. You know, I think a lot of it too was when she talks about me being, I have it together. Yeah. You know, I've, I've. I feel like I do have stuff together. I have my stuff together, if you will. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of it had to do with I failed myself. I was embarrassed. You know, it, it was, you know, it was so small, if you will, but I was embarrassed. Right. I betrayed a friend, a lot to a friend, if you will. I, you know, I, I I had trust from my director that I lost you know, I felt, I, you know, I felt some people, mm-hmm. I hurt some people's feelings that put a lot of trust in me and liked me and thought highly of me and I'd let them down and I don't like letting people down. My dad always taught me to, to finish jobs, be respectful, you know, your name, carry your name. We've all had that from our dads or, or, uh, men in our life and stuff like that. But, you know, I, f- I failed that day, and I don't like failing. Right. But I chose to fail. Nobody yeah. led me to fail. <laughs> I chose myself to fail myself, if you will. Right. So. Well, that kind of carries on to another point of, you know, even though we we are grown, we're adults, we all have children here, um, we're always going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. we're, we, we – the uh, – craziest thing is we're going to do some of the same things we tell our kids not to do oh yeah mm-hmm. and we are 30s for already already did whatever, it you know <laughs> or already did it so but i mean that's you know we are going to fail our entire lives mm-hmm. but god is always going to forgive us and um you know help carry us through that but yeah. that just kind of amplifies the the whole i should know better mm-hmm. you know i don't need my parents telling me i should know better All right I'm telling myself that. Mm. So. And to go back to that, you know, you know, I failed a friend, I failed a director. I, you know, I also failed God. I didn't. Mm. I, I, I did not set a 
great example for him by doing something like that. And that's the thing too is that we got to understand too is even it's a even if it's a small thing and it's a bigger thing in his eyes it's all, all the same dude. Right. So yeah. so Jennifer um how did you start to cope with with your anxiety and and the depression and and things like that? Well, yeah, so mine was a little different because it wasn't a situation that I could just rectify or redeem it was it was a physical a new way of life I mean it was permanent you know it was a permanent change and um I did not deal with it very well in the beginning um I was very unhealthy and um it was obvious that he was very concerned David was very concerned about me because I was just not I was just not my my normal self I I would, she was downright mean. She was mean. I don't remember that <laughs> part. <laughs> I mean, so he says. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was some times Sorry. I could, and like, that she's never done before. Mm. Like, just be, like, like, she wouldn't do mean things to me. Her mm. response to me was mean mm. for whatever it, it would be. Right. And mm. it was over simple things, if you will. Mm. I mean, it was like, she was mean, buddy. <laughs> and I was like, who are you? <laughs> but anyway. I Sorry, Phil Robertson over here. Uh, <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> I don't remember being mean, but I believe that I was. Okay. Um, that, I, that's a convenient uh, memory slip. It's been blocked out. You know, I, I would do the same thing. <laughs> I'm sure I was mean. I'm sure I was. I know I felt very out of control. And so I had big emotions because of that and mean was probably definitely mm-hmm. um definitely part of it and um so my first step in getting better was um talking to my doctor who's also a friend and saying look here's here's what's going on you know I'm three four months out um from my surgery this is how I'm feeling this is how I'm acting and I can't keep doing this. I can't live like this. This is not fair to my family. Um, I I knew God was the one who called me to have the hysterectomy so that I could bring glory to him through the people he had given me. And I was not bringing glory to him. It's like th- something is not right here. And she's the one who um, first educated me about all of the hormonal changes that can go on and that it was not abnormal what I was dealing with um even though I felt crazy I was not crazy um though I still like to say I was crazy because I was a little crazy well <laughs> I was a li- or a lot crazy I, I'll make an ar- argument that all women are a little crazy well you know but so are all men you, you know, know. I, I will I will <laughs> balance that out right there nice yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. so like through her um through her advice I um I started on medication um, and it was something that I never in my life dreamed that I would be doing, but I really trusted her and um, she loves the Lord. And she said, Jennifer, I just really feel like um, that getting on this medication and it was um, Zoloft, if you remember the commercial with the little sad circle yep there we go and I will tell you it was a game changer for me Mm. um when I started that I was able to be I wasn't fixed 
But I'm thankful because I was normal enough to realize I had a deeper issue, mm. that it was not just a hormonal thing for me. Mm. Um, what I realized is that that losing my ability to have children, what it really did was it it called into question my identity because I had placed my identity in being a mom. And not just being a mom because I'm still a mother, but like being able to have children. Like I was good at it. And if I couldn't do that anymore, who was I? Which was a crazy thing for me because I had been a believer since I was a little girl. Like I grew up in church, my relationship with God, I felt like was so rock solid. And I didn't even realize that I was not finding my identity in him. I was finding it in that part of who he made me to be. And so once that was gone, that's when I was just like, you know, I just felt lost. I felt absolutely lost. And so I really started considering um, therapy, but I thought I didn't deserve to go to therapy because I was like, who am I to go to therapy? I have this perfect life. I have a great husband and have great children and I am able to be at home and raise them. And I have a great church and a great church family. And like, I, I don't have trauma. I don't, nothing like, who am I to say I need to go to therapy? Like almost like I was a bad person for like, I don't deserve to go to therapy. And uh, we had a marriage conference at uh, church and the speaker one night, just in his talk, he mentioned something briefly about therapy. And he, as a side note, he was like, and by the way, therapy is for broken people. And every single one of us is broken. And I just knew, like I get chills right now, every time I think about it, I just knew that was God telling me, Jennifer, it's a go to therapy. And I was so, just going to say that. I was like, that's like a, like, that's a God thing. God, yes. God threw that out there for you to hear yes. it. Not because he had that planned out to say it. It was boom. Someone needs to hear this. It was mm-hmm. absolutely meant for me. And therapy was hands down one of the best things I have ever done in my whole entire life. And I am a huge, huge cheerleader for good Christian biblical therapy, because even if you think you don't have issues, you have issues. Mm-hmm. Well, we already know we're all crazy, <laughs> yeah. so that means we all yes. have we all have some kind of issues for yeah. sure. Yes. I will say, husbands, if your wife comes home and says that's what she wants needs, be say okay. Don't fight it. Don't question it. Just just okay. Whatever it costs, do it because it's beneficial. And so, um. Don't, if your wife is asking to do that, there is a huge reason why. Yeah. And it's very important. And for me, when she said, this is what I'm going to do, this is what I want to do, I guess. I can't remember how she said it. If she said, I'm going to do this, I was like, I don't, I don't usually no. talk like that. No. So probably not. She came to me and said, this is what uh, I want to do, need to do, however she need, said it. Need is probably And accurate. I said, I said, go for it. And... Um, you know, of course, in my mind, how much is this going to cost? You know, but yeah, I mean, it was it was I mean, a financial a, strain for us, it, and you know, and I would, I, you know, for what it did for us, I would have spent double. I mean, is is so? If you're, 
Husbands, if your wife comes home and says, hey, I need to do this, say okay. Wives, if you're thinking about it. <laughs> or, husbands. or husbands. I mean, really, yeah. anybody who's listening, if you have considered therapy, yeah. do it. Like, find a good, biblically-based therapist. You And that is so important. Like, mm-hmm. if you find a therapist who is not grounded in God's Word, then you are going to get all kinds of false stuff yeah. thrown at you, and that's dangerous. Well, it's just going to be you know, skewed ter- towards a world view. Yes. Yeah. It, you know, they may think they may have all the best intentions, but it's based in the world. And we know the world is broken. The world is sinful. Yes. And it's, you know, um, it, it's just coming from a totally different viewpoint. Yeah. Which is, you know, not what we believe or not what we're striving for. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But there is like really great science in therapy. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, EMDR therapy is one of the methods that my therapist and I used, and it was absolutely amazing. So, so yes. What, what What is that? Can you explain that okay. a little bit? So it sounds like cuckoo, new age, whatever. Like I read about it when my therapist first talked about it, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I thought she loved Jesus, and now I'm not sure. <laughs> Why, why am I wearing a paper triangle on yeah. my head? She had a luminal forehead. No, no. Made up. It was great. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. So I can't tell you everything EMDR stands for, but it has to do with um, the it reprocessing. So you know how in the REM yeah. cycle, mm-hmm. you know, when like the rapid eye movement and that's when your brain is like processing information from the day. Okay. So somebody way smarter than me figured out if you can recreate that um, process while you're awake, then you can actually reprocess things from your past into like a healthier understanding. So like where, oh, look, look, <laughs> he look, he Googled it for me. There you go. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Yeah. So basically, what a, what a guy thing to so do! You're our fact check <laughs> guy. Yeah. He googled it. He's always let, taking let me care fix of me. This problem for you. Yes, right? yes, yes. Couldn't but, figure out the D and the R. Yeah. That's why I didn't. Say. So I mean, basically, it's just this process of either using alternating taps or vibrations that get that eye movement that happens in REM sleep, and then you you talk about. Um, your the the things you're going through, your problems and things, similarly to how you would in regular behavioral cognitive therapy. But using this method, it just speeds up the results. And so whereas it might have taken me four or five sessions to get to the bottom of a fear that I had in childhood, I could get to the bottom of that in four or five minutes sometimes. And really, like, realize what lies I had believed because that's just how I processed it. You know, when you're a kid, like, you don't know. And so we just internalize things as truth that are so not how they happened or not, you know, truth. Like, they're just, they're lies from the enemy. And so it just helps you reprocess those things and see them for uh, what they are and see the truth and, um, get rid of those lies that just really hold you captive. It's like your parents ask you to go get something. You know, you're six, seven years old. Hey, go get that out from under your bed. 
do you know the sun is down? I cannot go under my bed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know you're what gonna I'm going to have to wait till in the morning for that. So, but, so, so um, you, you all have uh, come together and you are supporting each other in this. Can you talk about some of the things you do now or um, if you see triggers and how you handle that jointly and together in your household? Can I go first? Yeah. And I was going to say you go first. Well, and this, I have to say <laughs> this before answer. I can say. <laughs> yes, dear. Oh, my goodness. That is so not how our marriage is. But um, <laughs> tell you what, being at a table full of men yeah. is so outnumbered. <laughs> hey, we, we have a wives episode <laughs> on, 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 on the horizon. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yes. Great. So, good. So, so, coming to you. We may, we may you. let you can come I host be, it? Be, can a, I be the host? special <laughs> guest on that. Can oh, we be the host? No, yeah. no. Okay. No. Look, I'm not even going to remember what I was going to say now. And it just oh, felt sorry. like so important. It, it was, so, so how you jointly manage in your household oh, triggers. Okay. So I have to say this before I can say how, how we manage it. Because I, this is how I, in some ways, was trying to manage it. Is um, and I've just recently realized that I was trying to control by avoiding triggers, either triggers for myself or triggers for David. I would try to um, control or manipulate a situation so that we could avoid whatever trigger was coming, mm -hmm. and that's craziness because it doesn't work. Like, it really doesn't. I may have prevented, like, let's say uh, one of David's um, continuing triggers is stomach viruses. We don't know why, <laughs> but it is. Like, it just, it's a thing. Yeah. And it drives him nuts when people write about it on Facebook. And when they talk about it at gatherings, it's like, why do people have to talk about it? Okay? And I know that's a trigger for him. Mm -hmm. So I have spent the past year two years trying to protect him from knowing anything about anybody having a stomach virus now he has maybe had a little bit less anxiety because he hasn't known about all of them but i have driven myself crazy <laughs> like i have more anxiety <laughs> trying to yeah. control his and it's the same thing for my triggers when i work so hard to control it it like it does not fix anything. So I needed to say, if you're listening, that doesn't work. Yeah. Well, that, you know that kind of speaks to me a little bit, in that, you know, these triggers aren't always something that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, so this could be, you know, a stomach virus. Very common. Everybody goes through every household. Yeah. But knowing you, it's like, why would that be a trigger for me? You, you know, what something insignificant really in the grand scheme is, is a trigger for my anxiety yeah. you know and i can see where that would be frustrating and and be you know just call, cause that whole cycle to start over mm -hmm. but you know knowing those triggers will help us to deal with help people to deal with that but the the feeling i get inside is not what i had with the other situation mm. it's just a you know i get frustrated you know I kind of get the feeling sick to my stomach. Am I, am I getting this thing? <laughs> you know, stuff like that's yeah. that's the anxiety. Yeah, you know, it's like that's plays in your head because a lot of mm -hmm. the things that 
we right. deal with sometimes. It's just it's a mental thing. Right. Well, it's yeah. too. It's it, it's a spiritual thing because it's it's yeah. Satan. Yeah. Putting yeah. that oh, doubt in our mind. Oh man, yeah. it's it's any, anything he can to, yeah. to mm-hmm. cause us to doubt anything. Yep. Yep. If I can doubt this. Yep. Oh yeah. Well, now mm-hmm. you know I might doubt yeah. start yep. doubting something else, yep. and it just builds and builds. And he's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And yeah. man, yeah. you feel that when you when you deal with anxiety, you you feel the reality yeah. of even if you you're a believer, like yeah. he, he can't steal you, mm-hmm. he can't kill me, right. he can't destroy me, but he sure can try to steal my peace mm-hmm. yeah. and my joy. Well, Ryan's going to hit on that. We we end every episode with a Bible verse, and he's got a verse that's going to hit that oh. right on the head. All right, mm-hmm. so. look at this spirit working, yep. bringing it all together. So going back to to you all and some of the things because I, I like some of the things you you all do in your house mm-hmm. and i think that could help some other people so if you want to talk about kind of how you you know approach what we do that's right <laughs> <laughs> that actually works and, and yes and, and what works for you may not work for somebody right. else uh, yeah but, let me not say right because that's one of my personal issues that gives me anxiety is trying to do the right thing and so that was not a good way to word it yeah yeah but it you know, I, I wasn't calling you out on that, but what works for you may not work for somebody else. What triggers you is not going to trigger right. somebody else, but it may get them, you know, they may try it. Okay, that doesn't work for me. Let me try the mm-hmm. next thing. Yeah. So yeah. What, what's some of the things you all do in your house? So the biggest one? Mm-hmm. I mean, what would you say the biggest one is? Oh, uh, we play worship. Worship. Music. Yeah. yeah. We worship. And so, and it's not like a Pentecost thing. We're going through the house. Woo! It would be okay if yeah, we did, and, though. Right. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Nothing against that. Nothing. Yeah. And I Sorry, will Pentecost. say there are times I am in the kitchen with my well, hands yeah, in the true. air. Oh, so. Yeah. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's funny. It's like she's uh, more of a, a you know, you'll you'll see her worshiping. I'm, I'm an more, outward and, worshiper. And I, I'm an emotional. You're more you know, inward. Yeah. I, I'm inward and I tear up. I cry and. Yeah. Probably about to cry right now. No, I'm just kidding. It was I, Louis Giglio, right? It was in, 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 I think it's in Goliath Must Fall, or it's in, mm-hmm. I can't remember which one here. These two books are tied together Goliath Must Fall and putting an X through anxiety. In, we can't remember which one, but in one of those, and I believe it is Goliath Must Fall, it talks about you cannot worry and worship at the same time. And it is very true. Mm-hmm. I dare you, anybody, to prove me wrong or prove Louis wrong or prove God wrong. You cannot worry and worship at the same time. You know, go back to what I was saying, you know, worship music. I would play that, you know, and we would play it. It would be on in the car. Uh, you know, we would listen to it, you know, prepping for Sunday morning or something like that. You know, we would play it, kids singing it all the time. But now, since we've gone through the things that we've gone through with anxiety, it's it's a whole different ball game for us. It mm-hmm. is it, we take it serious. I will. I have a little con, little confession here, and I uh, I think I've told you this, but uh, don't get scared. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> no. Anxiety's rising. Yeah. Never I have anxiety right, right here. So when she was going through her thing. You know, we making gone, ner- making Ryan nervous. <laughs> <over there. laughs> no, so when she was going through her uh, thing with uh, uh, depression and seeking uh, counsel and all that stuff, you know, uh, and we, you know, we had gone through this book together, and you can't worry and worship. So I would come home from work, and there would be worship music playing, 
immediately, you know, talking about Satan, you know, God's music is being played in the background, and immediately it hits me going, who am I going to face today? He would panic, mm-hmm. like, uh-oh, what's wrong with What's her? wrong with it's, my wife it's, today? Something's bad. And so now, and, you know, that's one of the, if you want to call that, that's, I've, I've gotten over that. And now when I come, I don't think anything about it. You know, you know, it's, it's, it's there. You know, we have tough days at work, and I come in, and, 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 and you hear music, especially praise and worship music. It's a very, you can mm-hmm. sit back. I remember my band director in high school said, you know, we had band at the end of the day. And no matter what de- type of day, he, he would say, it's no matter what type of day you had, you can come in here, play your instrument. We can play a song together as a band. And you could let all that go. And you could do that with any music. I say with any, with most music. But when you put it down with praising God's name and lifting Jesus up, I mean, that's a thousand times much better than just kicking back listening to some Dave Matthews. You know, <laughs> me and Fano, big Dave Matthews fans. Yeah. But anyway, anyway, you know, just music within itself. But then you put, like I said, you put God's name in it. You put Jesus' name in it and mercy and all that stuff in there. I mean, you can't you can't worry and worship at the same time. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, so, that's a great saying. That that could is. be a T-shirt right there. Yeah, it, it might be. It might yeah. be. I'd, it might I'd, be already. I'd, I'd buy one. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. So Spotify is like our new best friend. Mm-hmm. We love Spotify. We both mm-hmm. have our own playlist that we created mm-hmm. um, because the song, some of the songs uh, of worship, um, like hit us both the same way and can be effective for helping both of us get out of our anxiety. But then there are other songs that like really speak to him and help him get through it and different ones for me. So we made our own um, playlist so that we can really, you know, target. And it and it's songs that have truth about God, truth from his word, because um, that's what it is. Like there's no magic to the fact that it is in a song. Um, it's It's the truth that's in it. And it just so happens that God has made us both just musical people. And so worship in song, biblical truth in song really speaks to us. But we have also used like, um, David's mentioned a couple of times, uh, scripture that really speaks to the, the truth of who God is and why we don't need to be fearful. And so, um, just, memorizing scripture or if you don't have it memorized reciting it Mm -hmm. speaking it out loud i believe there's real power in speaking it out loud and then um there are sometimes that i am just so deep in the anxiety i can't think of a song and i can't think of a verse and i can't even think to go look for one sometimes because anxiety can really cripple your mind Mm -hmm. like it just like um i just feel frozen and i can't think of what the next thing to do is. And I'm sure there's science behind that, but I don't know it all, (laughs) but that's what it does. And so sometimes for me, it is just saying Jesus. And I will say it over and over. Jesus, 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 just that reminder, Jesus, like that's it. You know, I've had a moment before where, you know, I kind of just had a, a desire to pray um, you know, and, and had nothing to say yeah. and just, you know, so I, I kind of, 
I just got down and just started holy, holy, holy. Yeah. Holy, holy, holy. And yeah. just kept, re- and at the beginning, you know, your mind is playing tricks on you and you're like, mm-hmm. this sounds silly. Yeah. But then when you start to mean it and you're saying yeah. it to God, mm-hmm. you know, it, it kind of. At those moments, it, God already knows what you're trying to what you're it, trying to speak exactly. to him anyways. Yeah. So why does it matter what you're saying anyways? He already knows. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's just getting over that mental block in your own head, mm-hmm. and then you get to a place where yeah. it turns into praise and mm-hmm. it turns into worship. Yep. And it really is glorifying mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And it it refocuses refocuses you because one of the things that anxiety is so good at doing is taking your focus off of who God is and. And you start to dwell on the anxiety and I've got to figure it out. And then I've got to figure out how to get rid of it or figure out how to fix it. And you just focus more and more and more on the anxiety. And it's getting your focus off of that and onto God who is bigger than the anxiety. Like that's the ultimate solution to it. Um, there's uh, that hymn, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. I sang it all growing up and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I experience that when I am worshiping him in the midst of my anxiety. Hmm. One of the things like, uh, you know, like some Jennifer is saying, you know, she she can't think of anything, but Jesus, 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 you know, repeat that. But, you know, sometimes like I have two, two Psalms that I, I went to and I read every day and I read these every once in a while now because I am thankful for where I was. You know, I was in the, I was in a storm, thankful for the storm because I'm able to do this now and hopefully to help somebody. But, uh, there's a book called Wednesdays were pretty normal written by Michael Kelly. And he talks about choosing, having to choose faith. He was having an issue with his son son had like a leukemia or a cancer and he was having to you know he wrote a book about it son was fine uh later on but uh he talks about psalm 46 and this is a tidbit out of his little book here he said uh the psalm starts with encouraging words god is our refuge and strength and psalm 46 is one of the verses the whole thing that i would uh uh, a chapter that i would read every day but said the god is our refuge and strength our helper who is always found in times of trouble therefore we will not be afraid through the earth uh though the earth trembles and the mountains topple into the depths of the sea though its water roar and foam and the mountains quake with its turmoil that's in psalm 46 1 he goes on to say that's a pretty good description of what those moments feel like when you have to choose faith Everything that just moments before you could have considered unshakable starts shaking. You want to emotionally crawl under a table or stand in the doorway in the midst of your circumstantial earthquake. The things of greatest strength, the things of most stability, the mountains and the earth and the oceans are falling down. But God, the most stable thing of all is your help. He is your ever-present. He is not absent, even in times of trouble. He is safety. He is security. He is a place to hide from the element outside, elements outside, the destination to run to when no one else will take you. He is your refuge. And that's that's Psalm 46. Yeah. 
And man, that's that's one of the ones that I just sat on every day. Even after I had that, when I'm walking back to my truck, and I call her and said, "Man, I'm fine." Well, guys, we appreciate you coming on, and you know, words almost don't don't do it justice. Just the truth that you guys have spoken, and, and um, you know, thank you for for being real and, and bearing your personal lives for for others. And I do, I do think it, you know, this is going to help help other people um, be able to cope and and just know that we all go through the same things. Yep. It may be different degrees for different people, but we all go through the same things. And and uh, just thank you for for being willing to come on and share your personal lives with that with us. So. Ryan, take it away, baby. Yeah. So when send, you send us home on a high note, right? So when you asked me to to pick a verse out and do this for this week, you know, you immediately gave me anxiety right then. So I needed to be perfect, right? Let me let me go ahead and uh, hit Stefano up. It's his turn next. Hey, okay. I got a, got a week. So I'm looking around. I'm trying to see what's the best. You know, I want this to be the best possible verse that could go with the situation. And really, two of them stuck out to me the most. So I said, instead of picking one, I'm just going to do both of them. So the first one is Romans 8, 38 through 39. And it says, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that really, I mean, got me shaking. Mm-hmm. I thought about it. And I was like, man, that is that is something right there. Um, the second one, though, was 2 Timothy 1.7, and it said, For God gave us a spirit, not for fear, but for power and love and self-control. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Can't argue with God's word. <laughs> so thank you, everybody. We'll see you again next week on GPS to God. And... Uh, Ryan's got some homework to do. Watch I, sure, I sure do. Send those over to me. <laughs> yeah. Shawshank, baby. <laughs>